Welcome to TR Talks, where your host, Team Rajpal, talks everything Toronto and GTA real estate, from buying, selling, leasing, investing, and rental management. An unfiltered conversation with industry experts helping you stay up to date with the market. Welcome to TR Talks, where your hosts, Team Raj Paul, talks everything residential real estate in Toronto and the GTA, from buying, selling, leasing, investing, rental management, an unfiltered conversation with industry experts, helping you stay up to date with the market. Hello and welcome to TR Talks. I have with me Nick from the team. Hello. And I have Doris Henlon, who is here from ADM Accessibility Services. Services Limited. I got it. I got it the first time, I think. It's um, great to be here. Thanks for bringing me in. No, absolutely. I mean, we're excited to hear about some of your fun stories and hear about this company that does great things. So how about you get us started off with what do you do? So we go in and we help families figure out how they're going to be more independent at home rather than having to leave their beloved homes that they've lived in for 30, 40, 50, 60 years in some cases. We go in and we analyze the person, see what their needs are, figure out if they need a bathroom modification, a kitchen modification, a ramp to get in and out of the home, a stairlift to get upstairs, an elevator perhaps if they're in a wheelchair, we focus really on the person and their individual needs. Every solution doesn't fit everybody. Absolutely. And in fact, before you got here, Doris, I was just saying to Nick that with the aging population and the number of people that are just not able to downsize because of the astronomical increase in home prices, especially for the smaller homes and the long wait lists for you know senior residences, then they start considering options like smart sizing and really just being able to make their own home accessible. Absolutely. A lot of people, too, they don't want to live their communities. They have been in these communities for years. Their churches, their neighborhood grocery store, their little shops, their neighbors, they don't want to move. The cost of housing is so much. The wait time for condos is like three to four years right now. And then to go into retirement homes or nursing homes, depending on if they're looking for a cultural fit, they could be waiting up to 10 years. No, you're absolutely right. And actually, you know, that reminds me of clients that have lived in Mississauga for 32 years. Their daughter lives in Newmarket. And this conversation has been going on for the last five to seven years, believe it or not. And they make that trek, I think, almost three to four times a week to come and see their daughter, be with their grandkids. And they're like, we have a block. It's a mental block. So this point that you're bringing up about not wanting to leave their community and what they're familiar with, that's huge. It's very difficult for people to be apart from their families, but also change their environment. A lot of families are also moving in together so that the kids are actually renovating their homes so that mom and dad can come and stay with them instead of them going into a condo on their own. So we're getting a lot more families being condensed into smaller units as well. That's true. And that reminds me of how we actually connected with you because the family home that we were selling had an elevator in it. And of course, it was 
in fact, three generations living in that property. And so it was ideal. And then, of course, we had you come in because buyers were getting scared off by this elevator. And they're like, oh, what is this structure in the house? Then, you know, you came in and made it seem so easy. It's an unusual request for us to take out an elevator. But I actually spoke to the other agent and he said, you know, it's a younger family. They don't have a need for it. I spoke to the people that are leaving the home and the son or the grandson, I guess, told me that they're all, you know, now being more independent and going separate ways. So there was no real need for that elevator in the home. So the idea is to take it out, put the home back to the way it was, and hopefully we can find a buyer for the elevator itself. Oh, really? That's the hope right now, because a lot of people too, they can't afford a brand new elevator. So we're trying to see if there's another family that might be able to take it, and then we install it in their home at a reduced cost for them, and we can still maintain it after the installation. Speaking of cost, though, typically, I guess, Doris, if you don't mind letting us know how much, or the folks that are listening, how much is like a new elevator versus, let's say, a used one? So that question is almost like how much is a car? Mm-hmm. The base models start, we average out between ten and 15000 per stop. A lot of people don't understand the stop as opposed to floors. Mm. So we get people calling us all the time and saying, you know, we just want to go one floor, but that's actually a two stop. Mm. Oh. Right? So you go from basement to main, that's two stops. Oh, okay. Because if you're only doing one stop, why do you need an elevator? That's true. Right. So we generally use that as a guideline, but then of course the price can go up based on your finishings, your fixtures. Do you want glass? Do you want, you know, hardwood on the inside? Do you want it connected to your phone? There's so many different options. So the prices do range quite a bit. We Mm. actually put in a full glass elevator for a client in Newmarket and he was so thrilled. He is all about light in his home. So he didn't want a closed in dark elevator. Yeah. You know, when you're looking at, and I know I had read that you've been in the business, it's been... I've been in the business now for 12 years. 12 years. And the company itself, how old is the company? The company's been in business for three years under this umbrella. Okay. Yeah. It was a, a bunch of us that were working with different companies who just weren't happy with how the business was being done and the care that was given to the clients. So we decided to just come together and really focus on client care and individual needs rather than just, you know, one solution fits everybody. That's amazing. So, I mean, that client focus being primary, like upfront and center for you. And so that being said, because I know it's not just elevators, it's not just a wheelchair ramp. So you make a home completely accessible, but then you're also doing the other end of things because you've got the PSW options and I think the construction side of things. So it's really a one-stop shop for you. We do try to be a one-stop solution. We can't be that in every location. Our current geography goes from Newcastle to Caledon and up to Newmarket Aurora. So it's a large territory, but we also have PSW services in Kitchener-Waterloo and up to Mount Forest, Owen Sound. I spend a lot of time in my car. Can you imagine? (laughs) But we try and make sure that we have community partners as well so that if I can't fit the need, in a certain area for, let's say, a PSW or a nurse, I can connect with one of my community partners that we are alliance with and reach out to them so that the client is still getting a single source solution, but not necessarily all from me. I always tell everybody, it's like, if you're asking me a question, I may not have the solution, but I know somebody who does. 
And that way they're not, you know, having to deal with five different companies, like one for a wheelchair, one for a bed, one for a ramp, one for a PSW, one for a nurse. It becomes very stressful. It is. And I think it's very similar, like if we relate it back to our our industry, that's why we talk about, you know, we want to be that one-stop shop when it comes to real estate because we provide the leasing, rental management, buying, selling, investing, like everything and anything to do with real estate. We want to be that one-stop shop. So now in this vast experience that you've had, I'm sure you've come across some like, you know, crazy instances and stories. So you have anything fun to share with us? There's a couple of things along the way that have sort of been interesting. We have several clients that we work with that can't always afford what they need to have in place for their families. So we help them access the funding. And there's a lot of funding available based on income, based on the client's condition. And we try and make sure that we can access all the free services for them. So this wonderful gentleman in Woodbridge, he had called us in to do a stairlift estimate for him. And I went to check and it was about $13,000, which as a senior, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I asked him if anybody had talked to him about the funding options that were available. And he didn't really understand. And I said, well, if you're approved, we can actually get this paid for for free or almost free. And he looked at me very seriously. He's like, what kind of scam is this? And I'm like, no, it actually isn't. It isn't, you know. And so we sat down, we filled out the paperwork and he got approved for the stairlift for his wife. And I think he had to pay like $289 out of the 13000 wow. Really? And he called me every month for four months saying, okay, when am I going to have to pay this back? And oh I said, God. you're not, you're not, like it's okay. So he was convinced that I was going to, you know, I was sort of working on a scam and he was going to have to pay it back with interest or whatever. But because of that, he was able to keep his wife at home. Otherwise, she would have had to go into a nursing home. That is actually amazing. Yeah, we try and access all of the services that people don't necessarily know about. And because we work in the system, we know that's available to them. But other vendors will go in and they won't even bring it up because it's a longer process. There's more paperwork. But the individual needs, again, is our focus. Which is amazing. So would you say that it is, I mean, it's relatively simple to get the approvals and almost everybody would qualify? So it's definitely geared to income and need. Mm -hmm. Not everybody gets approved. It depends on like how serious the need is. Are they going to be able to stay at home and function at home if we do the modifications? There is a two-step process that we have to go through. So we fill out the first application. It's just all basic information. And then the second application has to do with, you know, we need their notice of assessments. We need their property tax records, all that stuff. But it's not a painful process. It can be tedious at times, but we do walk them through it. We work with a lot of occupational therapists who can also help the client through that paperwork. And a lot of people don't understand that they have occupational therapy available to them for free as well. Absolutely. And in fact, what are, Dora, some of the home mobility products and solutions that you do offer? So we do everything from your basic bathroom aid, benches, grab bars, raised toilet seats. We've since actually started offering higher toilets. Most people don't know that instead of getting a raised toilet seat, you get a higher toilet. Less issues to deal with cleanliness and hygiene and everything. We can do full kitchen renovations with regards to roll under stoves, roll under sinks, cabinets that actually move out so that you can access things that are in the cupboard. So roll out drawers, roll out shelving, 
we do porch lifts, elevators, ramping, stair lifts, pool lifts, ceiling lifts, floor lifts. A lot of people this time of year are looking for pool lifts. They have pools. They want to be able to get into their pool. It's not only for therapy, but it's also be part of the family. And so we can do that as well. So uh, based on all those products, what's your best-selling product or the most popular choice? These days, we seem to be doing a lot more bathroom renovations because that's the most dangerous place for people in mm -hmm. the home if they're disabled. So we go in and we will take out a tub. We will put in a roll-in shower, barrier-free. They can get in and out of the shower themselves. We put in grab bars that no longer look like the metallic hospital grab bars. Yes. We have a line of decorative grab bars that, you know, again, it, it makes it look like it's more of a home, not a disabled bathroom. A lot of people now are opting also for glass as opposed to walls in their bathroom, keep it open. That seems to be the most frequently requested. And then after that, it would be stair lifts because a lot of people, again, they don't want to change their bedrooms. They don't want to be separated from their spouse. In order to be able to go up and down the stairs, they need a stair lift. And what would be some of the advice for the people with those challenges who are looking to improve their home? Like, do you have any advice for them in terms of, I guess, those challenges that they might income? So the first advice I give to people is don't wait till it happens. Try and prepare ahead of time. Not that anybody wants to think about down the road and how they're not going to be able to function in their own home. But it's a lot easier to plan for it as opposed to doing it in an emergency situation, after a hip replacement, after a knee replacement. So start planning. Talk to your friends. Most people that are of that age group are going to know people that have already done it. Check references for the people that you're going to work with. Ask them if there's any funding available. Because as I mentioned, a lot of vendors won't offer up the funding. They're going to just, you know, want to just get it paid and get out. Ask everybody for everything. There's a government service that offers PSWs, occupational therapists, physiotherapists, and it's all free to the client. So connect with family doctors, people in your community, people at church. Like a lot of people already know about these resources. But also don't make any snap decisions. And don't think that just because you're disabled, your house has to look like it's disabled because that's no longer the case. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, but for somebody, let's say looking at a property and sometimes you might find that oh this one is structured perfectly for what we need to do let's say for a stair lift now are there properties that you would have specific challenges with that it's just like ah oh, it's just not the right fit so the biggest challenge we have are in back splits and side splits because you have a bunch of different levels with two or three steps those are not ideal for somebody moving in who has accessibility challenges. We have gone in with clients who are shopping for a home. Once they've narrowed it down to one or two homes, we will go in and we'll help them assess what the cost would be to actually make it accessible. So that will help them make a final decision. That's a great service. Yeah. If they have to make changes, it's better they know ahead of time roughly what those changes are going to cost. Because if you're looking at a home that's $1.5 million and you've got to spend another 500000 or if it's, you know, $2 million but you've only got to spend 100000 it makes a huge difference to people when they look at what's involved. So obviously our easiest homes to modify are the ones that are straight, two-story, three-story. Townhouses are also a little bit of a challenge because there's stairs everywhere. Yes. So those are not ideal for seniors. 
We can modify with elevators and stair lifts in townhouses, but the biggest challenge is getting them into the home. So these beautiful townhouses that are being built with the lovely stairs outside, those are a huge challenge because you don't have enough room outside to put ramping or porch lifts. Your only option is for an external stair lift, which is great, but doesn't work for somebody in a wheelchair. So there's a lot of factors to consider when somebody's buying a new home. Makes sense. And then when it comes down to, because again, going back to our client that had that elevator, now that was actually put in by a company that no longer, either they no longer exist or they were originally from the UK. So we really lucked out when we found you. And, you know, the fact that you're able to commit to being able to remove this elevator. But then I think for them, now that company doesn't exist, the maintenance, like, would there be companies or would you do it where somebody else has installed a device, but you would come in and do the maintenance for it? So we can, outside of warranty, a lot of times if somebody's still inside a warranty, they are registered with the original manufacturer. If the company is no longer in existence, obviously that isn't an issue. Once they're out of warranty, as long as we can get access to parts, we have no problems maintaining it because that's a huge concern. And actually with the client that may be taking that elevator from that home, that was one of the questions they had. The company that manufactured that elevator does exist still, but nobody in Canada carries it. I see. But a lot of the parts like fuses and switches and stuff like that, they are actually generic, so they can be swapped out. Okay. And speaking of maintenance, like what kind of maintenance needs to be done on how frequent does it need to be done in terms of, let's say, elevators, stair lifts, like the mechanical arts? So a stair lift should actually be checked at least once a year. We recommend that people change their batteries every two to three years on the stair lifts just so they don't run into any problems. I've had people use their stair lifts up to 10 years without changing the batteries, but it depends on how frequently they're used as well as how often they have power outages. Because the more power outages, the more effect it has on the battery. Elevators should be checked quarterly. So the first quarter is just your basic look at your switches, look at your rollers, everything, see how that's going. And then you do a major service halfway through the year and make sure that everything is oiled, greased, you know, all the safety sensors are working. And then we do a, another quarterly check that's similar to the first quarter. That's the recommended. Not everybody does it. But it is recommended, especially during a warranty period, because otherwise you have the risk of voiding your warranty if you're not maintaining it properly. But like for the small checks, can you do it yourselves or are you? We don't recommend it. Again, under warranty, it has to be somebody who's been trained to do it. Outside of warranty, if somebody has a mechanical background, they can certainly check it. But people that have elevators in their home, they know pretty quickly if something's not right. Again, I always go back to the car analogy. It's like, you're driving and you're driving and all of a sudden something doesn't feel right, you know that something needs to be checked. So Doris, you were saying how you got into, well, not into the industry, but how this company started. So tell us a little bit more about that. So a lot of us that work together currently had been working for other companies. And as everybody in business knows, you do have to make a profit to stay in business. You have to make sure that everybody's earning money, everybody can get paid. In this industry, I strongly believe that you need to treat people better. You need to be client-focused. You need to hear what their individual needs are. It can't just be profit-focused. It has to be client-focused with an idea that, yes, the profit still has to be made. 
And I think that that's a huge difference in the industry. So a lot of us decided that, you know what, we need to create a company that actually cares. I love it. And it's the most common comment I get is, you sound like you care. And I'm like, because I actually do. And it's huge for me. I've been through it with my own family and I know how difficult the system can be to navigate. And I've been in a couple of car accidents myself. So I've had to use the system. For me, it's it's definitely a passion to make people understand that we actually do care and we want to do the best for you. And again, part of that is making sure that we can try and access the money that might be available to you as well and not have one solution fit everybody. And my favorite expression that I've always been using is everybody's different, but everybody is different as well. And that makes, that drives us. We actually care about our clients. We want them to be happy in their own homes. I love, I love that you're saying that because it really resonates with us as a company because that's our mission statement as well. It's guiding, educating, empowering our clients so they can make the best decisions for themselves and always making it client-centric. So I love that you're saying that. Now, when you say that a bunch of you from the industry came together to to form the company, like, did you all come together as a partnership or? So there are two partners, myself and another person, but everybody else is like, has the same vision, is invested the same way. And they want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. I get constant feedback and about the employees that work with us and I don't like to use that word. We are a team. And I actually just did an interview for a new PSW this morning. And she said to me, she's like, it's so nice to hear somebody say that, that I'm part of a team. I'm not an employee because I don't like being called a boss. I like working with people. Nobody ever hears me say, you work for me. It's a case of we work together to accomplish the same goal. And I think everybody is happier going to work everybody's invested in the outcome. And as a result, the clients see that. Oh, they do. The clients feel that too. They do a hundred percent. So where do you see yourself five, 10, 15 years down the line? Besides taking over the world? um, (laughs) We want to keep expanding our, not so much our geography just yet, but our team. We want to keep adding more people to the team so that we can more efficiently take care of the clients but it's very tough to get the skill set and the personality. I can hire people tomorrow that can do the job, but not necessarily have the feelings for the job. Yeah, I hear you. It's like you hire for attitude and not for skill because that can always be taught, right? Exactly. And that's what I've said in my entire career. I can train you to do anything. I can't change what your heart says. Yeah, and who you are. Exactly. So what would that profile look like if you were hiring somebody today? Most of the people we hire in construction side, obviously they need construction experience, but I want to know about their relationships with their grandparents. Oh, look at that. I want to know, you know, did you have a close relationship with your grandma? Do you still have a close relationship? Have you gone to help them? You know, what does that look like? And when I'm hiring PSWs, ultimately all of them say, you know, I help take care of my dad or I help take care of my grandma. That's huge because not only understanding how they're feeling, but it also takes a lot of time and patience 
to deal with older people because we may be the only people they see that day. And we are not the type to rush through those conversations. We want to take the time and actually hear them. And a review that was actually just recently posted on Google, the client said, I felt like I was heard. And that's huge for us. It is. It's huge for them. Absolutely. You know, and I I tell everybody when you're going in, put a smile on your face. I don't care what kind of day you're having. Put a smile on your face because that's the first thing they're going to see. And that is going to determine your interactions with them going forward. Well, this honestly, Doris, this has been amazing. I'm so glad we did this. It's really been amazing to hear exactly what your vision is and just who you are as not only as a person, but obviously as a company. And and that's the people that you're just attracting to yourself, right? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for inviting me in. I always want to try and help as many people as I can. I put in a lot of long hours, but I couldn't imagine doing anything else in my life right now. And Doris, we're going to end things off here. But before we do that, do you mind just sharing us your the contact information and also your company's address to or for the listeners to reach out to, where can they contact you at? Absolutely. So our website is still being developed because we're more concerned about being in front of people, but it's admaccess.ca. So A-D-M-A-C-C-E-S-S.ca. They can also uh, email us at info at admaccess.ca. They can also call me on my cell phone. I share this everywhere. One day I may regret it, but not so far. (laughs) It's 416-707-9978. Thank you, Doris. And we'll be sure to put that on the description as well. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. And everyone listening, please follow and share this podcast with your family and friends. Comment and ask questions and make requests on topics you'd like us to follow and review. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. TR Talks is hosted by members of Team Rajpal with Remax. Rajiv Rajpal and Xerxes Barucha are brokers. Gita Rajpal and Nicholas Sip are sales representatives. All registered with the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, Real Estate Council of Ontario, and Canadian Real Estate Association. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not for financial or investment advice. Please do your own due diligence.